0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on another big weekend in Scottish football. Rangers missed the chance to cut the gap at the top, drawing one all at Aberdeen with the help of a late James Tavernier penalty. Celtic are in Rome looking to bounce back quickly from Saturday's draw with Motherwell. And there were big wins for Hibs, Hearts and St Mirren in the league. And the draw for the Cup is complete with an incredible tie for Bucky Thistle. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight is Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna. A punishment imposed for breaking a law, rule or contract Which specifically related to sport A handicap imposed on a player or team For infringement of rules Those, Gordon, are the dictionary definitions of the word penalty I thought it might come in handy tonight Just in the off chance someone calls in to mention one Honestly, he's, he's too highbrow for us to I, yeah, I don't know what any of that meant Yeah, and to be honest, I don't think anyone's going to call more about penalties tonight, are they? Another quiet weekend, Andy Halliday Another quiet weekend, very, very rarely Do we see the old firm drop points in the same weekend Rangers will feel as there was a missed opportunity yesterday uh, Goals, red cards, controversies But Scottish Cup weekend oh. The beauty of the Scottish Cup Some fantastic goals And some fantastic draws I'm sure we'll talk about tonight 01419511025 That is the number you need Speak now Speak quickly Because it's bound to liven up We're here until 8 o'clock What is on your mind After the weekend If we're talking Your team's result And the way that dictates Your mood then Both of you Glasgow's big two Are in the same position Celtic fans Disappointed I'm sure to drop points Where did it go wrong What did you make of that performance There were penalty incidents in that game as well If you want to discuss And then Rangers fans You possibly assumed That it was a good chance That you would then go on and take advantage And you didn't So what happened there Performance wise How frustrating was it How much of a missed opportunity Again penalty at the end Was it Wasn't it And so on 01419511025 As Andy says that is just the tip of the iceberg. Motherwell fans, is that the start of the revival? Uh, big wins for Hearts and St Mirren and Hibs. Any Bucky Thistle fans out there? Things you never thought you would see on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Any Bucky Thistle fans out there? What did you Not make? Bucky fans, Bucky yeah, yeah, Thistle, Thistle fans. Thistle fans. Uh, what did you make of that cup draw? There were, uh, well, this is the stage when all the big boys get involved, wasn't it? So pick up that phone and let us know. 01419511025. And we will be... Hopefully, live in Rome later in the later on in the show to get the latest there from the Celtic camp ahead of Lazio tomorrow. To whet your appetite, then go on, Andy Halliday. Give us your result of the weekend. Well, do you know what? I was scouring the fixtures and the results over the weekend, and I think he's came up under a lot of criticism recently. Certainly, a lot of flack last weekend. So I'm going to go for Queen of the South and our man Marvin <laughs> Bartley. <laughs> They've obviously found out the formula and you only can be on the PlayStation for three hours, not eight. And then they've came and got a massive result against Dundee United. High flying in the championship. Giant Queen killer. of the South. Not in a great uh, run of form just now, but a massive result for, for Marvin and his boys at the weekend. Will we see him this week? Who knows? I Roger think we will now. There we go. Um, yours? I'm surprised he didn't try and barge in tonight to tell us all about it. So he, that, 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 from where I'm sitting, there's only one remaining well, option listen, for you he, here. Do not let me down. If he's sucking up to the Palmerston Pep, then I'm going to have to suck up to you, I'm afraid. You. And What's go, his nickname? Go for it. Uh, Don't, let's, let's not do that. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do that we're after we're the water shave. that question. <laughs> Mother, um, if you go 1-0 down at Celtic Park with four minutes to go, 
you're liable to lose and they didn't so well done to them it's been a, a difficult run I don't need to tell you but a big point Okay those are both acceptable answers in my book goal of the weekend I, th- I, th- I think there was a real standout and we talk about this I'm always in the office first so I always get to pick first yep. Mr Hannah gets left with the stragglers so I've got to go for Jair Tabarez oh, I know hips. but it was the real standout for the weekend I, I don't think I can go anymore and you know I like a team goal there was a moment of magic there a wee solo run the give and go fantastic finish and he, he seems as if he's almost resurrected his, his Hibs career over the last couple of months Brilliant. you're a fair man giving it to your City rivals as well Roger Hanna well you, you don't allow English Premier League goals otherwise Alejandro Garnacho would have won this out of the park his was a, t- a slightly better than Tavares I would have slightly, said yeah. just just, yeah. just a just a fraction and though. better than Gordon DL's famed overhead kick for Wraith against, against Morton. Morton yeah absolutely back in the day um, producer John wants me to give an honourable mention to Ethan Ross for Falkirk against for Martin but if we're focusing on the Premiership not a great weekend for goals no. so f- probably from an Aberdeen point of view Boyan Mayovsky it was the big boot the big flick the big finish easy goal for Aberdeen and it gave them something to defend for a long time good finish to be fair it was so howler then this is where it gets a bit better what are you going for I've, I, I don't know if you've noticed this I've stayed clear of referees in VR a lot this year with my howlers and the okay. first one I actually gave was Motherwell Hearts Liam Boyd's penalty a couple of weeks ago this one's even worse how Alan Forrest doesn't get a penalty at the weekend and how John Beaton wasn't sent to the screen to review the incident was baffling to me. This and is going to shock you, but I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, you not, I'm, not, I'm not going to ridicule you because um, what you're about to find in the next two hours or so is that no one's going to think that was the worst refereeing decision of the weekend. But, <laughs> but actually it certainly was. was. Like it genuinely was. I mean, we won't act like that for the next two hours, but that was the worst. Um, so, yeah, fair um, enough. Among the footage that the VAR sees, does he see Holiday Benchcam? Is uh, it the same view as well, you? Well, it's, it's bench cam, it's stand cam, and it's Christmas tree cam. I've noticed. I've heard this chat yes, over the week. Feature so on the show. We, we'll might get get to, that we might get later to the status sure. of your Christmas tree. Um, Roger Hanna, Howler, you got one. Um, if we're giving Mihovsky the goal, the Howler has to be his teammate Stephen Gartenman. Um, has he not been paying attention to decisions this season? Because whether Barry Robson likes it or not, there have been enough incidents of penalties given for tugs of jerseys that Gartenman was taking an enormous risk pulling that shirt of Conor Goldson. The referee missed it. The VAR didn't miss it. Rangers equalised with a penalty. And Stephen Gartenman, uh, I think, needs to take a bit of responsibility. Hmm, Roger Hanna's shown his hand early on that one. You can let us know. And finally, top performer, man of the weekend. I wanted to show my love to the, the lower leagues of football. You know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for lower leagues. I love the football. I love going to watch it. And the real standout for me at the weekend was not only Bucky Thistle, but our goalkeeper, Stuart Knight. 70 yes. minutes in normal time. They had to defend with 10 men. They then scored a 98-minute equaliser in the 90... And obviously in normal time A 122nd minute equaliser Which by the way he got an assist for Yes the goalie comes up for the corner doesn't he And, knock, and it's a brilliant, it brilliant yep. flick on He then saves a penalty in the shootout And then needless to say They get their dream draw with Celtic at, uh, at Celtic Park Which financially is going to be huge for the club over the next decade So he must be a Bucky hero The first time the Bucky Thistle goalkeeper I think Has been mentioned on this show and well done to Free him Free Bucky for 10 years <laughs> surely <laughs> And Roger <laughs> I'm going to have to go with John O'Beaker. Now, he, he might not have got very much on the ball as it went into the net, but just his backstory. He's had a horrible time with injury, just came back into the Motherwell squad the game prior to the Celtic game, got a few minutes, a few minutes again at the weekend, and 
if you ever want your spirits lifted after a long injury uh, and all that rehab at Fur Park, then fair play to John O'Beaker. Okay, 01419511025. That's the number you need. So if you want to look back on the weekend's action, this is the place and the time to do so. Alan is a Rangers fan on the line. How are you, Alan? I'm fine, thank you. How is the panel? All good, all good in here. What are you thinking after a busy weekend then? Obviously disappointed we didn't get three points yesterday But as I was saying to the producer It was uh, Barry Robson's choice of words after the game uh, Another 90 minute penalty Or 91st minute Why, why does it matter what minute it is? If a penalty is a penalty uh, Now Andy's team Three weeks ago Hearts The manager Mr Naismith came out and says My player pulled him back It's a penalty Same hands yesterday So it doesn't matter what minute it is It's a penalty and I was also saying to your producer, hopefully this will put an end to the 50-50 split. Uh, 16,000 again yesterday. Three and a half to 4,000 Rangers fans. They can't even sell their park out when they're at home. So why should they get 25,000 for Hamden? Yeah, I mean, there isn't a 50-50 split. I think it was put to bed before it before it started. Yeah. I think that, that was the argument. Um, we could per- perhaps get on to that, but my goodness, VAR and ticket allocations in one call, Alan. We could be here um, a while Right, you've shown your hand. You think it was a penalty. Alan's a Rangers fan. He thinks it was a penalty and he thinks Barry Robson's comments about it being 90th minute or whatever are relevant. Elaborate as to your your view on that incident because it's clearly got everyone talking. Yeah, listen, I don't make the rules up. I don't necessarily agree with the rules, but the rules are dead simple. If there's ball coming into the box like that, if the defender has a handful of the attackers, sure, is preventing the attacker making a, a play for the ball there. I'm not sure Connor Goldson would have got to the ball or not, but he would have had a better opportunity to do so. Had the shirt not been pulled, the, the, the video shows it. I think even before Nick Walsh put his finger to his ear, the Sky commentators were discussing it yesterday. Hmm. The fourth of the, the VAR sees it, it, it directs the ref to the screen. You know what's going to come, Gordon. And the only people who seem to be unsure that this is a rule seem to be Stephen Gartenman and Barry Robson. And, um, well, Barry Robson, clearly frustrated, clearly annoyed. Um, this talk about, you know, oh, it's not a good look for Scottish football. Rangers getting another last-minute penalty. Um, I think Barry Robson would be better having a word with his defenders about defending properly rather than this rather strange, you know, if, if you think there's something up, Barry, come and say it. Um, the timing of this is actually great because I don't even need to say it tonight. I think we should play back Friday's show because, as everyone knows, at the weekend, at end of last week, they released you know figures about VAR and all that sort of stuff, and there was another sort of briefing with referees and stuff like that to try and um, you know educate everyone on a, a few different areas. And one of the things that was came up a lot was shirt pulling. So I actually said this on Friday, which is great because it was before the penalty Celtic got and before the penalty Rangers got but to repeat for anyone you know that didn't hear it the things they look for Andy is they try and um, acknowledge that not every shot pull in the box is going to be a penalty because otherwise we would be there all day so the things they sort of look for is it a prolonged shot pull does it last a while is it stopping the player getting where the ball's going to be. So if I'm pulling your shirt at the back post, but the ball goes to the front post, the penalty probably won't be given or there's, there's far less chance of it. They also talk about, you know, if you're running, and the great thing about this live stream now, we can act this out, you know, if you're running away from me and I'm sort of pulling you back and there's like a distance between us, that's much more likely to be a penalty than if you or I are right next to each other and I've got, you know, a little fistful yeah, of the jersey. So those are the things they look for. With no opinion attached, that's just the criteria. With that in mind, 
How did you assess the one yesterday? Well, the beauty of the live stream, uh, that lovely demonstration mm. you get, just gave us, I think that firmly falls under that criteria. And uh, listen, I think Barry Robson's going to come off the pitch frustrated and he's going to, you know, be talking with a bit of emotion in the in the media. But I'm sure when he reflects and looks back on it, I think a lot of his frustrations would be down to his defender, who I actually thought within the game defended very, very well. And then a, lacks, a, 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 a lapse of concentration in the last minute. And uh, I think I've seen it being described as lazy defending. That's exactly what it is. He's, he panics at the fact that Conor Golson's going to get away. Yes, the block comes, but the tug again and the pull again comes before the block. Uh, and then Conor Golson obviously goes down a little bit easy, but I don't think there's any doubt that the correct decision was made. Does that, is, is there any mitigation in that? Is, is it too theatrical from Conor Golson? No, I wouldn't have thought so. No? no I, can give, I can give you examples. There was one last season at Livingston. Rangers got a penalty when the ball was coming over to Alfredo Morelos. The defender pulled his shirt away and he couldn't get the penalty given. Um, in the first day of the season at Kilmarnock, oddly enough, Conor Goldson was in a very similar situation. Didn't get that at one, did he? And he didn't get it. And yeah. the VAR said he didn't get it because he didn't really have any, as you're saying, yeah. hope of getting to the ball. Yeah. And if you flip that around, there was one at Perth, I think, with Tom Lawrence defending. Chris Tom Lawrence on Chris Kane. And it was similar to the Goldson one where there was a pull, but it was no realistic chance of the player oh, getting... that's what the referee felt, certainly. That's what the VAR and the yep. referee together felt because the, the, not so much Morelos, which was last season, but the Goldson win and the Kane win at mm. Perth. VAR, that independent review, ratified both those decisions and said they were both correct. Well, I think that's where the, the real frustration for... Obviously, there's two incidents over the weekend. For me, the real frustration from both managers must be is it's in the vicinity of the player but chances are they probably don't get on the end of it. But because it's going in the vicinity, well, it's, it's very—it's going to be—it's very hard to tell exactly where a ball's going to drop. But mm -hmm. obviously, that's just the kind of you know it separates the ones as we said. If you're right at the front post and you've yeah. got a wee pull, but the ball's you know ten yards over your head, then it's less likely that would be given. But the fact of the matter is, you don't even put yourself in the position to let VAR or the referee make that decision. And it was—it was pure it decision. Into the category, Aberdeen don't like it because it's a penalty in the last minute that stopped them winning a game. Had it been in the other box, Barry Robson would have mm. been screaming for it. Mm. Let's get the view of an Aberdeen fan. Thanks to Alan for kicking us off. Um, you want to have your say, Matthew and Alexandria? Evening, guys. Hope you're all doing well. Thank Hi, you, Matthew. Hi, Matthew. Um, just kind of following on from the points you were just making there about VAR. Um, on the penalty yesterday, to be honest with you, I, I don't really have a problem with the penalty being given. Um, well, I think it kind of airs on the soft side. I think we've, we've seen with everything that goes on this season, if you put your hands on a player's jersey and you pull them, chances are that they don't. I think for for consistency reasons, I think this is where it kind of draws into the conspiracy theories, if you like. It's, these decisions don't seem to go against the bigger teams like Rangers and Celtic. Um, you kind of, I know you've alluded to the, the Chris Kane and incident earlier on the season. You can look back to last season, Goldson on Duke at Ibrox, um, which was like a rugby tackle. Again, nothing happened with that either. But kind of moving away from the penalty incident, um, kind of want to see what the guys' opinions are on the Todd Cantwell dive. Um, you know, I, I was probably on a couple of weeks ago and spoke to Roger about the Rubisic on Kyogo challenge and saying about how we want to kind of stamp that challenge um, out of football I think we need to kind of look more at getting diving and simulation out of the game because that yesterday was an embarrassment yeah. and let's be honest it's not exactly the first time that Cantwell's done a thing like this so for me I'd be looking at 
kind of retrospective punishments for these sort of things. I don't know what the guys think. If it's a clear dive like that, in order to stamp it out of the game, should we not be looking at bans, like giving them a three or a four match ban for something like that? Just because, like, I mean, it's 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 a, it's a skill to the game. To be honest with you, it's a, it's a total embarrassment. And we, we obviously saw the one at um, Livingston uh, a couple of weeks ago with McCausland as well. That's that kind of falls under the same brackets. There's no contact in that as well, and it's just I think it's just something we need to look at kind of stamping out the game. It's just see what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, um, it would be a two-match ban. I mean, it's in the rules, Matthew. It, it could be a two-match ban. Uh, the only explanation yesterday, I think mm. Nick Walsh just hasn't see, seen it. See, see, yeah, but see, just on that though, that's only if you. Get something for it. They told Cantwell can't get a too much ban. For that? Yeah. Well, I know the VAR can't pick it up because on the field it would be a bookable offence. Look at Kenny Vargas, your teammate on Saturday, but uh, the Hearts game yeah. against St. John's. I he, was hoping he that came Well, Andy can't <laughs> comment on that one, but that's that's not great either, is it? With the two not so good dives this weekend. Oh, well, listen, whether I can comment, I can't really defend it, can I? <laughs> you can. I thought, I thought the SFA compliance officer could retrospectively pull up Todd Cantwell. For that, would it not only be if he died and won a penalty for it? As well, an if example, that's the case, the rules need changed because. And by the way, again, I, I always feel I shouldn't have to always say this. That's not me saying I think that's right. I no, just mean I know you, you know, mean. like random know, random dives in the middle exactly of the pitch. I don't they they, t- I don't think there's as much recourse there for if you dive and win a penalty. You, if you remember back in the day, this was a big thing. Matthew's right. You got Gordon Smith when he was chief executive of SFA pushed this through to get this onto the Articles of Association at the SFA because, like Matthew, he, he described it as a scourge on the game, and he's quite right. Um, we don't want to see it. We don't want to see it for Kenny Vargas or Todd Cantwell or anyone else. It was a dive. Mm-hmm. Very fortunate that Nick Walsh didn't get a look at it at the weekend, and he needs to stamp that out of his game. See, generally speaking, Matthew, you think football overall, and I know we'll never move away from kind of Rangers, Celtic, Cantwell, whatever... Do you think that is a difficult one to police? Because as Roger says, on the field of play, it's a booking, right? You get booked for it. So how do you then give out bans for something that's a booking? Do you know what I mean by that? Like, it would be like the retrospective punishment would then be so much more severe than the punishment at the time. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I get that side of things. But I think I'm, if you look at kind of what VAR looks at and what it doesn't, I think, I mean, we, we obviously say that we look at an attacking phase of play and VAR will check every goal and attacking phase of play. I think if we're going to use VAR, we need to use it properly. You've got you've got to take both. Um, if it's a clear dive like that, then VAR should be on and saying, do you know what, hold on a minute, here's a dive and go and have a look at it. If you agree it's a dive, get them in the book and kind of, or do whatever it is you need to do yeah. and kind of move on from it. And I think it's, it's like what... Um, kind of moving on from the, the VAR point as well like we only seem to be very selective on what we look at um, I seem to remember there being a uh, a goal earlier on in the season I can't remember who it involved something tells it might have been a St Mirren game and the goal was actually scored from a corner that shouldn't have been given but then VAR can't get involved in that because the corner or it's a different phase yeah, of play. Yeah, the attacking phase of play yeah. starts when the corner's but taken, then, not when it's not yeah. when it's won. There are people who won't quite though, just, just quickly, though, before, before this spirals, this is not to say Matthew's wrong at all, and I actually agree with some of it, but again, these are things that are kind of way out of, out, you know, like the, the, the structure for 
for VAR is set in place, you know, IFAB, it's you know, at a FIFA level. We we can't do it any other way really. The, the attacking phase of play starts when the corner's taken. You know, that yeah. that's just that's the reality of it. And the diving one is really difficult because loads a big part of me wants to agree with Matthew. You know, you need to do something drastic to get it out of the game. There can't be anybody that likes it. But at the same time, VAR doesn't go back and look at any yellow cards because you would be there all day if it could give out yellows. So as much as we want to see an end brought to diving, should we really go back and, and dish out yellow cards on VAR? It's a strange one as well. You look at Man United yesterday, Martial was booked for diving. Then the VAR sends the referee to the screen. Yeah. It's a penalty. He gets the yellow card rescinded. Man United get the penalty and score. So he can be let off for diving. Yeah. But somebody can't be punished for diving. But VAR, the genie's out of the bottle. VAR's not going to go away. I think in years to come, the scope of VAR will widen. Now, I'm not saying it's going to widen to things like yellow cards for diving, but it might well do, Gordon. Yeah, perhaps, Sandy. Yeah, it's hard for me to elaborate much further. I'm, listen, I'm with Matthew in this respect that if you know me personally, I know you two guys know my view on this. Diving's one of my most hated things in football. Anything, I can, anything we can do to try and eliminate it from the game, I'm all for it. I also have a lot of frustrations and I've I, I voiced this with, uh, with referees and people in the past that I do feel like when players are trying to be too honest that they don't end up getting these decisions. I'll use Conor Golson's penalty, for example. He does go down theatrically, 100%. If he stays on his feet, as a penalty given. I've gave these sort of mm -hmm. responses to referees in the past. But if we're talking about Todd Campwell's, and listen, you mentioned Kenny Vargas's, which is obviously not great for him either. In terms of instances like that, I'm all for it because 100% it's something in the game you don't want to be seen. 01419511025. Give us a call now. We'll get your next... The voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here at 0141-951-1025. Lots still to be said about the weekend, so let's crack on quickly with Stevie and Springborn. Take it away, Stevie. How are you doing, guys? All right. Yes, Hi, you. Uh, just like yesterday's game, Rangers didn't play particularly well. But what annoys me is. Uh, the manager Aberdeen moaning about a penalty at the end. Surely he should be thinking more of his team's play last week, but they did nothing. Now, yesterday, they turned up again, as they always do against Rangers, but I still think his comments at the end about the penalty kick were shocking. Do you have, I mean, listen, I, I was about to say, do you have any sympathy? And it's a stupid question, so I won't. I'll take it back because that's not the way football works. But, you know, the, the counter-argument we hear to the penalty And by the way, these two both think it's a penalty So you're not getting much pushback But, you know, does Conor Goldson throw himself? Is it a bit theatrical? Is there a block? Do you see any of that from the other perspective? Listen, we see it all the time Penalties are given And people can make mistakes People say, he dived, he did this But it didn't matter The pull on the jumper was the penalty It doesn't matter about the block The block is there that's what teams do, the block players. But for him to come out the end and say, it was a terrible decision, but it's better. They didn't, I'm sorry. I, I just, I don't get it. Is that, the, is that the reality, Roger, that two things can be true at once and that, you know, it's still a penalty, but Conor Goldson maybe does go down a bit easy and does throw himself a bit, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's not a penalty. Would that be... 
Is that like a fair assessment of it all then? I remember speaking once to the former referee, Willie Young. Did Willie Young ever, oh, I know it's coming, ever yeah. referee you? I know that old. And you see people talk to him about soft penalties and he says, well, a oh. soft egg's still an egg, so a soft penalty's still a penalty. Yes. Now, Conor Goldson had his shirt tugged. I don't know what direction he was heading in, whether he exaggerated a bit. It's a penalty kick. Now, Aberdeen, to take, take on Stevie's other point, Aberdeen, I saw him at Celtic Park for Super Scoreboard. Lost 6-0. Dreadful. Utterly dreadful now if you're Barry Robson you want a response doesn't matter whether you're playing Rangers Cove Rangers or Brora Rangers you want a response and he got a response for a long time yourself thought they were good Killer and goal good saves the defence played well Nicky Devlin up the right hand side was good Mayofsky took his goal well Sokolov should have scored a goal before Mayofsky did so Aberdeen got a, got a reasonable response to the Celtic Park mauling and in the end they couldn't hold on because Gartenman foolishly conceded a penalty Tavernier scored the penalty and Sam Lammers might even have won it for Rangers after that. Mm. Well, I knew it was uh, going into the game. It was an opportunity for Rangers to obviously close the gap to five points and I was pretty confident that they would go and win. But then when I caught Super Scoreboard on Saturday when I was yep. driving home I know who's and Hugh Keevan says it's a certainty that Rangers go and win it to- to- to you just tomorrow. Knew. My opinion yeah. immediately changed that I knew Rangers yeah. were going to drop points this weekend. I wasn't, what is wrong with that guy? I, he is lots, the kiss of death. I wasn't even on Super Scoreboard on Saturday. I wasn't here. I was working elsewhere. And still, the amount of people tweeting me, moaning about it on Saturday do, do, night. Do you think Philippe Clement has been here long enough to know that when Hugh Keevan says that, that means Rangers won't win? Yeah, no, he's, he's got to be. Stevie, seeing amongst all this stuff about shirt pools and Barry Robson's comments and all that, that you know, there, there was a football match and there was points dropped by, by Rangers. You kicked us off by saying didn't play particularly well. How frustrating is that missed opportunity? You know, Celtic don't tend to drop that many points in a season. They go and do it at home on Saturday, give Rangers a real chance, and Rangers couldn't take it. How, how frustrating is that? No, it is frustrating, but... I can see the plan he's got and going forward I can see he's winning a lot more games we may not not win the league this year but he's got us playing in a routine the first 20 minutes it was we were against the ball but I just noticed the fight back the players are trying every way to get their forward and they're playing it has his belief Simple as that. That's the way I see it. Roger, we did say, you know, all week it, it's a it's a big test. It's not to say Philippe Clement hasn't had any tests before. Of course he has, but you know, games like that, it's it is one of the standouts for whatever reason. Whoever tries hard against whoever, we know that Pataudry Rangers, it's a blockbuster fixture anyway. Then Celtic go and drop points. Was it not a chance to go and make a real statement? It was. I think they tried to go and make a real statement. Some of the football they played at times was decent. You know, if Tom Lawrence scores that in the first half, that would probably be a goal of the weekend, that move up the left-hand side. He's had the woodwork. I think it was Balligan that had the woodwork in the second half. Lammers, as I said, should have won it with that header at the end. So they created more than they created at Petodrie when they lost after the split last season. They created more than they did against Aberdeen when they lost to Ibrox under Michael Beale in September. So, you know, you can understand Stevie and Rangers fans mm. having a bit of optimism. Um, the real test will be the next time they face Aberdeen at Hamden on the 17th of yeah. December. If they win that, it is an excellent start for Philippe Clement. If they don't, it ain't. Uh, just conscious of the fact we keep talking about Barry Robson's comments, it might be a good idea to actually hear them. So this was his take on the penalty that got Rangers the draw at the end of that game yesterday. I think there's a lot said about pulling shirts um, 
in boxes and I think the referees had all said that not everyone is a penalty when, they, when there is a pool of a shot inside so Stefan got blocked um, I think we all see that so obviously VAR have just no bothered looking at the block and they've just looked at the pool of the shot and we're in trouble aren't we if this is the way it's going to go uh, we're in trouble it doesn't look great it does, this doesn't look great for me it just doesn't look good another bad decision going for Rangers way in the 90th minute again it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't look good for us it just I don't know I'm just frustrated it took him long enough eh? it took him long enough what I feel I can't say so let's just talk about how good my team was today Here's the thing, right? Because you know the way this works. The callers and you two, you lot can argue all day about whether it was a penalty or whether it wasn't. I don't need to bother. That's the beauty of it. I can sit on this side of mm-hmm. the desk. But it is a bit annoying then, trying to do this role, when you hear certain comments from managers, from players, from pundits, from fans, and Barry Robson, on one hand, says, I mean, they didn't even look at the block. Then 10 seconds later says, huh, they took their time. Do you ever think that's because they were maybe looking at the block, Barry? And maybe came to the conclusion, fine, which you argue with and you're more than entitled to, and if you think they got it wrong, fine. But see, this, we keep hearing this, ah, they didn't look at that, they didn't look at that. Yes, they did. Yes, they will have that. I think we need to, we need to sort of calm down some of it. You're allowed to disagree with decisions. That's why we're here. But we can't just make stuff up. He mentions uh, that he felt that VAR didn't look at the incident between Conor Golson and was it... Um for the booking in the uh, last minute Paul as Vara, well. Yep. Paul Vara as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can t- and that for me is when I talked about earlier, I, I felt as if he spoke on emotion after the game, which is natural and he's obviously got his frustrations within the game. Uh, and then he says he wants to talk about how good his team was within his game. I thought his team were good for 30 minutes. And then by the end of it, I thought, it's one of the it's one of the funny instances where both teams are probably disappointed they don't win the game. Rangers for the amount of chances they do have, good chances as well. And Aberdeen because they won the up mm. in the 90th minute. He is correct. Not every shot goal in the ball Absolutely. is a penalty. That's what I said at the start when we ran through the criteria. That one was. But my, actually, my favourite quote from him wasn't played in that bit of audio there, Gordon, when he was complaining that the meeting where the clubs were, were told, you know, told about the independent review panel's Thursday, findings and VAR. Yeah. He was complaining it was in Glasgow. That's where the SFA are, Barry. That's what happens. And like, come on, if, we don't want to get a West Coast and, bias and on this. Let me tell you. That's understandable. If the people at the SFA believe that Barry Robson was implying any degree of bias or incompetence on behalf of the yeah. officials yesterday, then Barry Robson will find out where the SFA is because he'll be going to Glasgow. I hope we never stop disagreeing about decisions. That's what we're here for. But we, we just often hear this, oh, they didn't check that. If you mean they didn't go to the monitor, then fine. But that's a different thing. Um, I think we just need to at least try, just try a little bit to understand what, what's kind of going on. Um, Serge is on from Shettleston. How's it going, Serge? Uh, good evening, panel. Uh, just a comment. Uh, just a comment, and no so much the the game. And that's terrible. We're talking about VAR again, right? And comments made by managers. Now, see, if I was Barry Robson, I'd be more worried about how a team can capitulate three goals in injury time in Glasgow the other week. Yet play for the lights depend on every time they play a certain other team for Glasgow. Also, as well, is he implying? The Rangers are getting a hand off referees. It's this this magical uh, establishment or whatever excuse. See, that was the case. Celtic would never have done or had the success they've had over the years, right? Because the big bad referees would make sure Rangers won everything. It's absolute disgrace, guys coming out with that. All managers. It makes Scottish football and actually Scottish people are laughing stop. 
see before we go down the conspiracy rabbit hole too much. Um, so I see this notion, and I get you know it's back to this stuff last week. Aberdeen are trying harder and all that stuff. What if what if Rangers are dropping their game against Aberdeen? See if it's this thing that's not really tangible. We can't put our finger on it. It's like a theory. What's to say Rangers aren't underperforming when they go and play Aberdeen? It could well be the point. I'm an honest Rangers fan. We should be beating teams like Aberdeen. Right? But uh, we didn't get a result yesterday because we couldn't score more than one goal. And was it apparently? Was it a shot pull? Uh, yes, it was. Right? You can see whatever it was. Right? Whether Summer gave or some aren't. Right? It was a shot pull. Right? Some you get, some you don't. See if, see if teams would stop committing fouls against Rangers in the box. They would be needing to go to VAR. I mean, I find the whole thing. Rangers are somehow getting a hand every week. Right? Laughable. See the lot about Scottish football, and it says a lot about Scottish society that people are still trying to permeate this kind of social aspect. Because let's not kid ourselves. That's what people are saying. They might be putting it in a sporting context. It makes this country and the, and the people who stay in it absolutely, I mean, bonkers. <laughs> Professional sport with millions of gamblers. And everybody's getting uh, cheated on, apart from Rangers. Rangers are somehow getting a hand. It's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. See, I said earlier, we're getting close to the rabbit hole. I think we're head first in, almost. Um, Serge was going in, in quite a few different directions. I don't think he's happy, though. That's just my gut um, reaction to that. Yeah, and listen, it's a strange weekend, Gordon. We struggled at the start of the show to find you know, great goals and great performances and all of that. As Andy said, very unusual. Celtic dropped points and Rangers dropped points in the same weekend. Aberdeen are annoyed because they drop points at the end. Um, it's hard to find a happy supporter this Monday. Um, or a happy manager. Oh, I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> or a happy manager. So, listen, I, I thought it was a penalty. Um, maybe in the second half of the show, got on to Celtic versus Motherwell. We talk about the penalties in that I game as well. I thought they were penalties. <gasps> nah, you wouldn't even argue too much with Poor, poor Andy Halliday. I thought that was a penalty and Hards didn't get it. So, listen, there's... This, VAR's not going to go away Serge doesn't like it A lot of people don't like it But it's not going to go away And if anything Its scope is going to widen In the months and years to come Cheer up Serge It's not that bad That was Serge and Shettleston On 01419511025 You can call us right now If you want to get in touch And please do But before we go any further I'll tell you who's happy Let's listen to this Clyde One. Marie is happy on the school run, never a happy experience, £155,000 better off. I can't believe it, are you kidding me? Oh, I think we've lost Marie, thought we were going to hear more from Marie, I oh, must say. I loved say. it, I loved the other <laughs> rest of that as well. But you're, you're about turning on the school run, surely, surely a call's going in, the kids are sick. I know we shouldn't condone that but sort of stuff. The kids are moving to a different school. 155 grand on the school run. We could make you the winner of 160,000 tomorrow when we make another call, but you do need to be in the draw. So text yes to 61025. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. You can enter at Clyde1.com. Online entries are £2 or call 0330-880-4523 and the calls are charged at a standard rate. It's over 18s only. All the rules for this network competition are online. And Marie is exactly what you should do. If you get the call after 3pm tomorrow, answer within five rings, say make me a winner straight away and £160,000 could be yours. Text yes to 61025. 
0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna, Andy Halliday are here, Celtic fans. We are in the not too distant future. Going across live to Rome, hear from our reporter over there in amongst the Celtic camp, hear from Brendan Rogers. So you've got two things really at once tonight. How do you look back on Saturday? Because it was clearly a disappointing outcome. Where did it go wrong on the day? What about the big moments? And then through the lens of having to pick. Uh, performance levels up and beat Lazio tomorrow night so get your comments in 01419511025 of course we are uh, on Twitter as well um, if you want to get your thoughts there Stevens in East Kilbride how's it going Stephen? Yeah good thanks yourselves? Not bad how are you everything okay what else is what's on your mind after the weekend? It's, it's not it's the comments that are being made that are kind of almost inflammatory Um you know, across social media, some pundits, Barry Robson, you know, almost suggesting that, that Rangers are being benefited from some kind of Illuminati with penalties. Um, and, and I'd say to your producer, you know, when Rangers got to the Europa League final, um, I reckon we probably got four penalties in the knockout rounds. And you've got to be playing football in the opposition's penalty box to get penalties, and that's where predominantly Rangers and Celtic play the majority of their football, hence the reason the two teams are getting the vast majority of the penalty kicks. And VAR is, in my opinion, it's, it's getting most of the decisions correct. And it's here to stay. We need to get used to it. And if a player's pulling a shirt outside of the penalty area, the chances are the referee's going to blow the whistle, call a foul. So what's the difference yesterday? Yeah, listen, I know the analysis of penalty kicks awarded and conceded is, you know, is deeper than ever before. I take Stephen's point. I think it, it just doesn't always work out that way. So that's why people, you know, like as an example, I think the Tarps, they, I think they had the most penalties in the Premiership last, last season. season. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was joint with Rangers. Um, and it's, Celtic to kind of blow Stephen's theory out of the water about the most attacking teams Celtic were like mid-table for penalties received last season this season I think Celtic Rangers are, are at the top of it yeah, I think, I think Celtic so, had one more yeah they were level going into um, the weekend Celtic had two against Motherwell one more one against Aberdeen. and yes I know somebody's then going to give me stats for the last five years and the last ten and yeah. the last fifteen um, but it, you know we need takes, to go on to eight o'clock tomorrow morning takes me back to the late great Craig Brown who I'm not sure whether he was at Motherwell or Aberdeen at the time was in the belief that he was due a penalty from a certain referee and during the course of the game shouts to the referee come on you're due as a penalty come on you know you are and the referee shouted back you'll need to wait as halfway Craig and get into the opposition box and that is you know it's exactly what Stephen says Rangers and Celtic get more penalties because they're in the opposition box more it's dead simple yeah but that's that's the point it doesn't always work out that way yeah, but so, yeah, so even more if you, often so than if you, not it does but if you think the original accusation is flimsy I don't think you should then try and argue ha- against it with, with, ha- with Harps, equally flimsy reason. did it last season because they played Halliday and he was you know, played the ball forward <laughs> this season they're not because he's doing Halliday bench cam um, yeah Stephen what about the actual performance and failure to Failure to pick up all three points Is that something that frustrates you Or is it just one of these days I, no, It massively frustrates me It frustrates me the, the speed that we move the ball around I think at times we can be quite Pedestrian in our passing um, You know yesterday Jose played Sequentes uh, from Was it Lawrence was the other midfielder um, 
And sometimes I think we've not got enough players wanting to take the game with a scruff of the neck and make enough forward passes to gamble. Um, you know, we missed a few chances yesterday. It was a it was an opportunity to close the gap and put a bit of pressure on Celtic, and that's the disappointing thing that we didn't do that. I'd like to see us start games really intense, but I find that we we start to increase our level of intensity in the last 10 to 15 minutes when desperation starts to kick in, and I'd rather it was the other way around. Is that a fair criticism of the midfield in particular? It was a big day for Sifuentes yesterday to sort of show yeah. what he could do. I don't think pedestrian or possession was something I would say was, was lacking at the weekend. Uh, I thought it was almost... Uh, Two different games. I thought the first 30 minutes he talked about approaching the game with the right intensity. I don't think they did and I don't think they matched Aberdeen's. I think Aberdeen won every first ball, every second ball. Uh, I thought there was warning signs before Miofsky's goal. Soccer gets a one-on-one. Uh, and I think in terms of defending for the first goal, it was uh, sorry for Aberdeen's goal, it was really, really poor from Rangers' point of view. I thought Miofsky for the first 30 minutes gave goals and Balogun a, a torrid time. Yeah, but then player, I thought, he? Yeah, it's a good player. Uh, but then I thought Rangers had real control of the game after that. My biggest criticism was be I thought they were really, really wasteful in the final third. I thought there was umpteen opportunities where it was almost need for cam. I thought they got the ball really, really quickly forward, but I thought they needed more calmness and composure in the final third and then wasteful in terms of their finishing because the chances were there. Uh, obviously, Danilo has two one-on-ones. Um, Balogun has two free headers. The first one for me is an absolute sitter. Roger mentioned Lammers in the last minute to go and win the game. So I think the real issue was more their, their wastefulness mm. in, their, in their finishing. You can do the... You know the, the isolated incident, which is look, Rangers had chances, didn't score them. It's a way at a venue against a team that was right up for it, as we've heard, um, and these things happen. Or this kind of bigger picture theory that you'll have heard is you know this same group of players, even though they're not all the same, but you'll, you'll have seen it in social media. The same group of players, you know, missed their opportunity. And um, you're doing this for seasons and seasons now. Chances come along, they don't take them. Should see any. Any and one of those you'd rather lean towards? I've seen Rangers lose at Bidodrie however many times. So in isolation, a 1-1 draw yesterday in the circumstances when they were behind as the game hit 90 minutes, I don't think that's a disaster. There is frustration and disappointment among some Rangers fans because Celtic dropped points on Saturday mm. and they saw this as an opportunity to close the gap right back up in Celtic and it's a slightly missed opportunity. Um, Philip Clement... He spoke well, I think, at the tail end of the week, Friday, when he said, you know, we've won however many games domestically. I'd love to win 40, but I'm old enough to know that that never really yeah. happens. So there will be bumps in the road. And maybe he'll look back on yesterday as being a little bump in the road. But I thought Rangers were better yesterday than they were when Aberdeen won at Ibrox. Mm-hmm. And they were better yesterday than in their last trip to Petodre at the tail end of last season. So I think there is progress under Philippe Clement, um, whether it's quick enough progress for some Rangers fans might be another conversation altogether. I didn't hear one word of that because I just keep thinking of those new glasses. It's been annoying me since the start of the show. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> Very nice. Prescription or one of those like out of one of those like discount stores that you just guess how no, bad your eyesight is. No, these ones under and orders from nice. Mrs. Hannah. Yeah, good. These are prescription ones. Yeah. And do you know what? Just to round off the first hour, this is the news that everyone wanted. This came up earlier on, actually. And you should know when Roger Hannah speaks, it's always because he's, he's it's done with a little bit of knowledge. And I've spotted a story um, in one of the national newspapers. And this means that this story will be in Roger's newspaper tomorrow. Right? You've got to learn to read between the lines with this guy. 
uh, and just to round off an hour of arguing about VAR and so on, FIFA are now going to look at extending VAR's powers such as free kicks, corners and second yellow cards, prompting fears of even more delays. Now, oh, good. Now, that might be the bad news. Do you know what the good news is in this story? Well, Halliday's got his head in his hands over this nah, news. So. It's, it's, I don't like that headline at all. The good news is it's all going to be decided in March at the IFAB AGM. Chaired by... I don't know Scotland Yeah sorry I see what you mean But it's at Cameron House Yeah Means I'll get nice coffee And biscuits and sandwiches hey, This guy's never away For Cameron House oh, Get him oh, involved In the iPhone Anyway uh, Let's play Beat the Pundit next Tackle the headlines 0141951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna and Andy Halliday are here Yes, if you've tuned in for VAR and penalties and short pulls and theories We've had a lot in the first hour of the show I'm pretty sure if you wanted the second hour of the show to be more of the same We could do just that But there is important business to take care of in Rome We are about to hear live from Andrew McLean He's been speaking to Brendan Rogers. So Celtic fans, this is the perfect time to call What did you make of Saturday? What did you make of the performance, the result? Anyone that didn't impress you maybe someone did stand out and impress you although it doesn't seem there would be too many uh, and what about tomorrow night then because straight on you're going to have to come up with something over there in Rome so call us right now if you can and we'll get you on after this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online the scottishsun.co.uk slash football Right, it is Beat the Pundit time I say it every week But it's the it's the courage that I admire about the listeners They know fine well that Halliday and Hannah are tough to beat But they don't care They just give it a bash every Monday And tonight is Billy in Edinburgh How's it going, Billy? I'm good, mate, how are you good? Not bad, not bad at all Have you played before? Uh, no, good. no phone did to play, no. That's the way I like it, good stuff Right, let's toss the coin uh, Friday night was hard, wasn't it? Yes, it was I noticed that Did Hugh still come out on top? Yeah, he did. 4-2 or 4-3, but it was a tough set of questions. He was actually in good form. That red wine from Thursday sustained him through it. Oh, he was at the boxing on Thursday, wasn't he? He actually texted earlier. No, you you need to clarify that. He was a guest at a boxing (laughs) show. He wasn't taking part. (laughs) That would be quite something. Um, Heads, it's Andy. Tails, it is Roger Hanna. And it is Andy Halliday. Um, Oh, is Billy a Hearts man? uh, Billy's a Rangers fan in Edinburgh. Ah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> Insert joke here Much like when Andy goes to his work But anyway uh, Right 01419511025 um, Let's give Andy some greatest hits radio to listen to So that he can't hear what's going on 30 seconds Billy You just answer as many as you can And uh, pass if you don't know the answer It's that simple okay That's fine mate Right your time starts now Apart from Rangers Name another Scottish Premiership team With a blue home top Somebody before Louise Palma, who was the last Celtic player to miss a penalty in the league? David Turnbull. Who? Which baked goods are associated with Hearts? Jam Parts. Who are the only Lowland League side through to the fourth round of the Scottish Cup? Scottish Name any Scotland international who scored in the English Premiership at the weekend. Okay, let's bring back Andy Halliday. Can you hear us? <laughs> yes. What are you laughing at? He just always pulls a face. The Hannah man with his new specs. <laughs> Is it, I'm, I'm hearing suggestions that people reckon with those new glasses you look like the old guy from Up. M- Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Hannah did make that comparison. He's much more lovable than you. No offence, <laughs> but he's just like that. Like, what a film that is. A tearjerker. Uh, right, 30 seconds. 
Andy Halliday, your time starts now. Yeah. Apart from Rangers, name another Scottish Premiership team with a blue home top. Johnson. Before Louise Palmer, who was the last Celtic player to miss a penalty in the league? Tumble. Which baked goods are associated with hearts? Jam tarts. Who's the only Lowland League side through to the fourth round of the Scottish Cup? Broomhill. Name any Scotland international who scored in the English Premier League at the weekend. La, 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 la. Pass. Dick Campbell resigned from our broth after his side were beaten by Spartans. which team? Who is the most the newest appointed manager in the Scottish Premiership? Craig Levine. I awarded that terribly. No. That's my fault. Uh, I know two of the ones I got wrong as well. Billy, you've, he sounds frustrated. Is it was it enough? He's just, he's just too quick. I think the nerves got to me. To be honest with you, like, it is the speed. The speed's important. He's never been noted for his pace. I must say, but there we are. Beat the pundits. A different game altogether. Apart from Rangers, name another Scottish Premiership team with a blue home top. Um, I must admit, I feel like the producers are just out to just make me nervous here because Billy said Dundee, which you would you'd have to agree with, wouldn't yeah. you? I mean, Dundee's not on my list. It just says Ross County and St Johnson. But if Ross County are blue, Dundee are obviously blue. We would all agree, wouldn't we? I'd give them an eye. I, but I would Dark have blue. Yeah, yeah, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly would be the other one. Uh, honestly, I was at the Scott Foam Stadium in Saturday. They were definitely from wearing these types blue. Types of questions, exactly. What would you say, Kelly's is? Anyway, right, you both get it, it's one all. Before Louise Palmer, who was the last Celtic player to miss a penalty in the league? Great composure from you both, because you both knew it was Turnbull, but I sort of thought that the fact he scored one at the weekend might have confused mm-hmm. you, but no, you're both laser-focused, two all. Which baked goods are associated with hearts? It is indeed jam tarts, and you both got it. What a game this is, three all. Um, who are the only Lowland League side through to the fourth round of the Scottish Cup I hate it when the questions Just happen to suit the pundit Oh I'm, I, it suits me I'm always team listener um, As you know But here we have the former coach Of Broomhill's under 20s Who bangs on every week About which of his former players Are in the first team How many are there? Two at Broomhill And they beat who at the weekend? They beat Cumnock Juniors To get through to the fourth round Of the Scottish Cup You were up against it Billy What you meant to do 4-3 Andy <laughs> Halliday um, However He is human because I think you, I was disappointed you The Scotland internationals who scored in the English Premier League, Jacob Brown, the yeah. much maligned Jacob Winner Brown. Maybe he is getting his form together in time for Euro's selection. And the other? Oh, the weekend. I actually wrote down Jacob Brown. Oh, yeah. trying to think. Oh, Ollie McBurney. Ollie McBurney. Oh, well, he knows it now. That's no use. Uh, well, I remember Jacob Brown straight away. Um, Dick Campbell resigned from our broth after the side were beaten by the Spartans, who go on to play. They play hearts. <laughs> think about that. Yeah, no, hearts in the next round of the Scottish Cup. I don't like Edinburgh Fair. I like, Edinburgh both, I like the look of that. Um, and the newest manager Derek in the Scottish Adams. Premiership, Derek <laughs> Adams. So I'm afraid, Billy, you're right. He was quick enough to get a couple right, wrong, but he still beat you 4 3. Hard lines. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, good game. <laughs> good game. Thank you, Billy. Bye, mate. Thank you. Bye, bye, bye. What are you complaining about? 5 3. Was it? Yeah, I think I did you out of Just Spartans. in case it goes to goal difference at the end of the season. You, you worried about this Spartans game? Oh, it'll be a tough test, but nah, I'm not worried. Good draw, though, isn't it? For the, the local area. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a good draw across the board. I think there's only one all SPL uh, game Dundee, Dundee Killian. Right? Yeah. So I think uh, a lot of the lower league sides are getting some good days out, which is good. And your Broomhill boys get to go and see Big Duncan Inverness. Inverness, you, you know what? Obviously, Hearts was the was was my first priority, but I was really looking forward to seeing who they got. I would love to see the you know the couple of twenties boys I had last year get a real good journey. But they obviously get one in Inverness uh, coming up against Big Duncan. 
No, I'm sure that five-hour bus journey now, they're all the age, they can get a, a couple of beers on the way back as well. So Bucky nice. Thistle. Bucky Thistle. It's wonderful. Incredible, isn't it? Absolutely wonderful. They play in the green and white hoops as well. It'll be interesting to see whether Celtic allow them to wear the green and white hoops at Celtic Park in January. And, and some great mm. listen, some great stories. I think Josh Peters, who scored in the 98th and 122nd minute, is the cousin mm-hmm. of Celtic, Stephen Welsh. Oh. Um, the manager, Graham Stewart, was on the bench when Inverness knocked Celtic out the cup in 2003. He was in the squad, albeit not stripped, when they won the night Super Cali went ballistic. And there's just little stories there all the time. And that, that, that's what makes the cup magical. You've seen the video of the uh, Adam as well, yeah, when they draw the cups out. out. So, yeah, definitely full of Bucky there, wasn't they? <laughs> they were, they were it. Uh, right, Celtic fans, we can talk cup draw later on if you so wish, but let's hear from you now um, on whatever you want, really. But obviously, looking back on Saturday and looking ahead to tomorrow would be the priority. And speaking of which, let's cross live to Rome. Clyde One Super Scoreboards European coverage with Trustbeat Scotland. For life after debt, visit trustbeatscotland.net. Ah, Andrew McLean and Gabriel don't half get about, don't they? But what I've realised is actually a real feature on the show. Before we get to boring, small, insignificant matters like who's playing and who's not and what's Brendan Rodgers saying, um, we've made a bit of a running joke this season that the boys have uh, had to do it on a on a bit of a budget. You know, we've spent a lot on this new studio. Um, we went, we chipped in for Andy's new hair. We've got all the signed balls. So, you know, they're, they're having to look after the pennies. And uh, Andrew, I believe you've been stationed in a, a shared flat. Um, yeah. Are, you, are yeah. you safe? Are you alive? Everything okay? So far, I'm safe and well. I'll tell you what, I'm actually sitting on a sofa inside the Stadio Olimpico at the moment and I'm considering maybe just setting up shop here tonight just in case because it, it is, it's a shared flat. It's sort of like a uni halls type setup. It's not actually uni halls, but it, it's like a shared kitchen. There's three bedrooms that all have a lock on them, but the other two bedrooms, there's no one staying in them at the moment, That's which is think. fine because it means, well, I know that is the worry, which is fine because it means that I'm not having to deal with anyone at the moment, but I just have this constant fear every time I go back. But you to the wake room, up in the morning and someone, someone or standing could be in the flat. Yeah, someone could just be there hanging about, making something in the kitchen. I can. <laughs> I, can a, I think that's at least your worries. <laughs> yeah, that's to be a very quite good point, but yeah, yeah. Let's hope that when I get back from uh, Stadio Olimpico, that it's it's nice and empty like it has been the rest of the time. There's a reason we don't send Gordon DL on these trips, eh? Oh, Roger Hanna. Can you imagine? I've got a vision of Andrew heading home from the Stadio Olimpico, and in one bedroom, Dave Gallery's sitting with a wimpy, <laughs> and in the other bedroom, Gordon DL sitting playing his top ten. <sighs> Glad you said top ten there. I must say. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to the football, Andrew. What's Brendan Rodgers been saying? Yeah, I mean, first of all, what a place this is as well. This is the, the type of stadium, just having a walkabout that, you know, is a perfect setting for, you know, a big Champions League night. What a city as well. You know, thousands of Celtic fans have made the journey over here. They will continue to make the journey over here ahead of tomorrow night because, you know, how could you turn down the chance to come to Rome to get the, the chance to go to the Stadio Olimpico as well? I was speaking to fans today, you know, they were out seeing the sites, the Coliseum, the Trevi Fountain, Spanish Steps. The Celtic team are actually paying a visit to the Vatican on Wednesday as well so you know lots of fans you know taking in the culture lots of fans drinking in the culture as well that'll definitely continue tonight and into tomorrow but it is a huge game a must win game we know that for Celtic to keep their chances of (coughs) European football after Christmas alive they competed well with Lazio at home didn't they just couldn't get that win couldn't hold on can they go that step further tomorrow can they replicate that win in 2019 with Olivier and Cham's last minute goal imagine what the scenes would be like if they were able 
to do that. But yeah, Brendan Rodgers was speaking about it. He was speaking about what he's learned from this Champions League group stage so far. And the main thing on his mind was red cards. There was two in that away game at Feyenoord, one in that away game at Atletico Madrid. He's really seen that as a big downfall in their away Champions League appearances so far this season. So he says that it's vital that they keep their discipline tomorrow night. And I think we learned that over the course of the competition against Lazio and the other teams that when we are 11 v 11 that we can really compete on the, uh, uh, on the field. And obviously the learning at the end of the game was um, that you have to be concentrated right through to the very end. You know, what we looked like the team was going to win the, the first leg and we ended up uh, losing the game. So, um, so that was a big disappointment considering how well we played and, and taking the lead. But it's, uh, I think what's important for us is making sure we have 11 men on the field. I think in our two away games, we've been down to nine men and, and 10 men. And at this level, that's a, that's a, that's a big ask. So for us, it's for that. Keeping our players on the field, playing the level of football that we know we can and have shown, and, uh, and hopefully getting the breaks in the game. Um, yeah, easier said than done, I'm sure, uh, in the heat of a, a tackle. Um, Andrews, you know, when games are this size, there's always a real fascination as to who's travelled and who's not and who's available. I, I don't know. I don't think there were many um, big shocks, big surprises, big headlines on that front. No, not really. But, you know, there is still a bit of a, a selection headache, I suppose, for Brendan Rodgers. The first one, you'd say, comes in midfield. Paulo Bernardo has been given his chance. So then Thiago Holmes be given his chance. You wouldn't really say that either have taken them so far. David Turnbull, he's now the top goal scorer in the Scottish Premiership, but just hasn't been able to hold down that starting place despite those goals. So will it be him that, that comes in? But maybe the biggest talking point is wingers because no Lewis Palmer. We mentioned the red cards. He's suspended for this game. Dyson Maida, he's still injured. Leila Bada's still injured as well. James Forrest was wasn't in the squad at the weekend, but Brendan Rodgers confirmed that he just hadn't trained as much over the international period due to a bit of an injury, so he'd kept him out of the game at the weekend so that he will be fit for tomorrow. And Brendan Rodgers did seem to confirm that it will be him and Yang that will start tomorrow. That will leave Mikey Johnson on the bench, and he's urging the players to take their opportunity. It's clear we're missing a lot of players that are really dynamic for us that can change how the football game looks for us. But it's also an opportunity then for for the other guys to come in. James will be available for the game. Um, he didn't train so much over the international break, so rather than him maybe sit on the bench at the weekend, we wanted to give him some training uh, days through until uh, the game tomorrow. So, uh, so he's available, which is good for us. Um, but of course then we have uh, Yang, we have Mikey Johnson on the uh, on the bench. So, uh, so yeah, but it, it's always the opportunity. I think there've been lots of players maybe that over the first part of the season maybe haven't quite had the opportunity that they would like. But when you get the opportunity, you have to uh, you have to want to take it. So I'm looking forward to seeing this play and seeing those players perform. Anything else to report, Andrew? We obviously got a good look at Lazio in, in Glasgow, Celtic. Well, certainly should have got something from the game maybe even feel like that they could have won it they ended up losing it what type of um, position did they find their opponents in this time? Yeah, Lazio are actually in a, a pretty bad spot. I mean, uh, some of the Italian journalists that we were talking to there were saying that this is sort of Lazio's worst 
point of the season. They're at their lowest ebb of the season at the moment. They drew with, with AS Roma two games ago and then lost to Salernitana at the weekend, which was a game that you know Lazio fans would expect them to be winning. They're sitting rock bottom of the table eight points they've got Salernitana and that's after the three they got against Lazio at the weekend so maybe there is a a sort of story there that Lazio um, are there for the taking and Celtic will feel confident certainly when Brendan Rodgers was talking he feels confident Liam Scales was speaking as well when he was saying that you know he feels that Celtic do have a point to prove because yes they've shown you know in spells in games that they've done well but he knows that isn't enough he knows that they need to show over the course of 90 minutes, they need to start picking up those points as well. Or for Lazio, does it have the, the reverse effect that if they are at their lowest point, do they come out fighting? Do they come out swinging? We'll see tomorrow, but certainly there will be a, a big crowd in there. It's going to be a, a great atmosphere and should be a really good game as well. Thank you to Andrew McLean. Enjoy your evening. 01419511025. Hope that shared flat works out for him. Hopefully, it's not the last time we hear uh, from Andrew McLean. You, you know, worryingly, he's got no phone reception in the flat either. <laughs> if he phoned me this afternoon from the street because he couldn't phone, make any calls, and doesn't get any calls when he's in that yeah, flat. Listen, that could go one of two ways tonight. A young man like him, I'm sure he'll be fine. 01419511025. Fans, Celtic fans, good time to call us. We'll get you on next. Cash for Kids Mission Christmas With J&D Pierce, Scotland's premier structural steel specialist Proud to support the local community It was a one week and a one week only fe- feature Because here we are, we're back seven days on And I can no longer call it the Andy Halliday Christmas tree Because he revealed last Monday His was already up And we asked all the pundits last week And only one it was your old pal Kenny Miller Everyone else Sandy Halliday felt It was ludicrously early But Kenny had your back I'm proud of him I'm proud of him Which leads me to my next question On, on Christmas mm-hmm. Cam is yours up yet? Absolutely not I've told you this Roger? No not until the start of December as, Nothing short I'll just grace. As someone whose birthday Is in the first week of December My thunder shall not be stolen does, Even at the age of 30 do, Whatever it is Does the ale own a Christmas tree? No, uh, no <laughs> look, look, Hold on actually This is even more bizarre so he's never put one up yeah. ever, uh-huh. but he right. So which I knew. So I assumed he doesn't own one. He says he's got seven in the loft. Bizarre, right? I, I mean, listen, he's a bizarre man. But he claimed to me the other night this was off air. He's got seven, so he says in the loft. Must be some size of loft. Exactly, lives in a flat as well. I don't know, but anyway, uh, enough about him. It is that time of year, and on a much more serious note, Cash for Kids Mission Christmas is back. We know this is going to be a real tough time of year for a lot of families on our doorstep. And we're just trying to make a bit of a difference, really, by supporting Cash for Kids Mission Christmas. If you want to hear a bit about the types of difference your money can make, let's hear from Govan Youth Information Project. They support young people in the Govan area, offering drop-in sessions, residential trips, and just general support to people that need it. John Aitken is a project worker, and here he explains exactly where your money can go. Some of it will be taking them to different experiences that they don't get. Last year and the year before, we took people to the pantomime, which is something they probably can't afford, especially now when people are choosing whether they can heat their homes or eat. Even things like that, although it sounds maybe small, it's such a big thing in those young people and their parents' lives because they don't get to do it and they can't do it, and it just takes a wee bit of, of relief off them. And that's the key. These are small gestures that will make a massive difference to people. So that's all really we're we're trying to do. And we can guarantee every penny, every single penny raised goes straight back out to people that need it. So it is a really worthy cause. It's all right here on your doorstep. Uh, And if you want to donate, go to clyde1.com forward slash mission. 
uh, and a big shout out to just some of the people that are raising money doing incredible things Calmac Ferries hosting a Christmas jumper day on the Weems Bay to Rossi Ferry uh, make sure you take your photos send them in Morrison's Spottiswood and Govan they're selling some home baking to raise money might get myself along there uh, Monterey Jacks one pound from every bill across their Scottish restaurants as well so lots of good stuff being done uh, and a big thanks to everyone else who's already helping out so it's Cash for Kids Mission Christmas with J&D Pierce Scotland's premier structural steel specialist proud to support the local community Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141 951 1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna are here Talk about it being the festive season I've got men to the left of me who are doing their online Christmas shopping during the breaks I thought they would just be talking about football But I've learned my lesson Did I not spoil a Christmas gift from yeah, you? I from that. you to your, your partner that, was one it year again? That was last, last year or the um, year some, I, I don't know who it was for oh. this time I'm not, I'm not getting involved I'll know what it was Was it not some sort of like Advent calendar thing? Yeah, some sort was. of gesture it you was, were doing yeah. a day Every year, and I put my foot in it, so it won't happen again. Uh, Andy's on the line. Andy's been hanging on for about 30 minutes, and it's definitely my fault. So I'm going to read you the teaser, but don't waste any time on it, right? And we'll get to Andy's point first. Let's do the question. The full-time teaser with Sliding Wardrobe Solutions East Kilbride. Slad wall panels available in seven colours. Now in stock at East Kilbride at competitive prices. I think you two eat this question up for fun. Thanks to Declan for sending in eight players who've played for Celtic since 1997 and they've also got over a hundred international caps which is some going. So I'll give you from now until the end of the show but you don't need to give me any answers. Andy is a Celtic fan. How's it going, Andy? Good evening, how you doing, Gordon? Good Hi, Andy. Here. Roger, how you doing? Hi, Andy. I wasn't waiting for half an hour, Michael said he'd phone me back, oh, and see. Mission Christmas is more important than any I've got to say. Oh, what so a guy, what a guy. Thanks for understanding. Um, what, what do you want to do first? Look back at the weekend? I bought, bought it, just one one question. I think, the, I think the moment of the weekend for me was the reaction of the Bucky Thistle players after that draw. <laughs> I thought it was outstanding. Good, wasn't it? Well, I mean, that's what football's all about, I probably. Hey, for me, I've heard the guys Andy and Roger speaking earlier on. I'm actually going to disagree with both of them. I don't usually. However, it's it's the thing about... I was coming back for the game on Saturday on the bus and some of my mates are talking about Motherwell's tactics, talking about uh, 11 men behind the ball and the dark arts are wasting time and uh, play acting and, and, and that sort of stuff. Um, now, what I'm going to say is, I've been going on about this for a long time and it's concerning Celtic in Europe. I, I think we're far too naive. We have been for many, many years. Uh, and, and this year it's shown again some of the sending offs have had have been I suppose naive is the word to use but also we could have there's times when we could have fell down there's times we could have time wasted there's times we could have kicked the ball away and used the sort of dark cards I can guarantee you tomorrow night if Celtic are 1-0 up against Lazio we won't we won't go to waste time we won't play act we won't we won't do these things that, that happens on the continent and I can tell you something I, I can't say this for sure so I'm guessing but I would imagine on the, the Milan football phone in the night the pundits won't be saying that diving is an embarrassment because it's part of the game I don't like it by the way but I'll tell you what if Malorelli goes down in the 89th minute and make it to a penalty make it 2-0 for Celtic you'll hear me for the studio celebrating <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think there's because like, that's a whole you know kind of worms that debate about you know how comfortable are you with yeah. diving or whatever but I think that the nub of Andy's point let's do that to, to sort of trim a bit of time is is the context of that weekend because we uh, you know, you hear it all the time. What mother, you know, behind the ball and all this sort of stuff. Um, when and fair play to Andy because he's got the awareness to to kind of you know make this the similarities. When Celtic go into Europe, we always talk about budgets. We always talk about how hard that is. We always talk that they can't compete. 
Mother will go to Celtic Park and you're talking more than 20 times the budget. Way more of a gap than Celtic will face in most of their Champions League games. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's it's terrible. That, 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 you know, they're playing this but certain way. Listen, I touched on it earlier on. I was at Celtic Park a couple of weeks ago and Aberdeen lost 6-0. They tried to sit in, by the they way. They tried to sit in and just didn't do it very well. They just didn't do it very well. They did it very poorly and lost 6-0. So we never hear complaints when the sitting in and the defending and the 10 men behind the ball isn't successful. We only hear people complaining about it when someone like Motherwell goes there and gets a positive result. How much of it, uh, Andy, on the line, before we bring Andy Halliday in, how much of Celtic's failure to, to break that down for strategy at, at the weekend? Oh, listen, hey, Roger, may I go up be wrong there? I, I'm not complaining about Motherwell's approach. I, I commend Motherwell for the performance. I think what they've done was what they had to do they, they, they've got less budget they've, they've, To be fair They've not as, got as good players But they've done exactly What they had to do To mm-hmm. win the game My point was that I, I think teams need to do that I, I, But my point was more mm-hmm. about How Celtic are naive When it comes to these games And I, I know we've got a moral standard Everybody wants to play it a certain way But we mentioned that last game In Lazio there We'd have shot the shot With five minutes to go This whole group Would have a different dynamic yeah. Because we'd have accepted A win now Also even in the the, 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 the away game and the Holland and also in Spain there was a couple of times where Celtic players could have went down and because they used that stupid freeze frame for, for uh, VR there was a couple of times that uh, if Celtic players had went down that night Atletico players may well have been sent off the same way as Maida was I just, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not advocating for cheating right I, absolutely not but it's, it's that uh, being, being a wee bit more clever because certainly the, uh, uh, in Europe teams do it against us. Don't, but Motherwell, I think Motherwell will find us. I don't think it's a naivety. I think Celtic in recent years, Andy, under the current manager, Andy's predecessor, I think they they go in intending to play like that. It's not that. That yeah. is just their philosophy. And they won't be bowed See, whether they're playing in the Champions League or they're playing Bucky Thistle in the Scottish Cup. They they don't think they're naive. They think that is the best yeah. way to get to a try result. And win the game. There, there might be two ways of looking at it tomorrow specifically, Andy, because Andy on the lines point, you would get it, but we're not talk, we're not talking Real Madrid here. We're, you know, we're not talking Man City. We just heard from Andrew McLean Lazio are no great shake So no. it, it, it might not take that Maybe Celtic shouldn't have any sort of inferiority complex And tomorrow. going into the game tomorrow they must win yeah. So in terms of the, the, what their approach has been in Europe I don't think it's going to change in this game tomorrow But I do agree with a lot of your points Andy And I, I said that actually specifically with Angie's team in Europe last year There was almost an inevitability That you were going to see a Celtic team go into Europe And play well And get a lot of plaudits And sc- maybe score a goal But ultimately lose the game and again, we sort of, I think Ange's Celtic in Europe specifically last year got so much praise and a lot of it deservedly so. But then you, you talk about when you're playing these teams, you have to be a bit more adaptable in terms of how you approach the game. We all know Celtic want to press teams high. The likes of Kyogo Maeda, they set the standards and the triggers from the front. But when your press is beaten, you have to get back into a compact shape like teams do against Celtic in Europe and be harder to beat. Whereas I think in Europe, specifically over the last few years, Celtic have been too easy to score against. What was missing at the weekend, Andy? Because as Roger and the guys have pointed out, you know, Aberdeen, Aberdeen tried it. Aberdeen tried to frustrate Celtic and Celtic absolutely... Blew it away. Why, why did that not happen at the weekend? I, I suppose you could say that. However, when Celtic got two early goals against Aberdeen, they had to, they had to contemplate changing their shape. They lost a goal in the second half, and it, it was three 0 at ninety minutes. So I've heard all this stuff about Aberdeen and how poor they were. Celtic 
got a couple of goals. Aberdeen came out and Celtic were very, very good. Motherwell didn't need to change their shape on Saturday because an interesting fact for me on Saturday was, and this is again something that Celtic probably wouldn't consider, but actually, Brendan Rodgers has changed the system a wee bit this year and, and, and he's learned because uh, against the Lady they but he changed it to 5 2 and it kept us in the game. But for Celtic, a question I would ask on <coughs> Saturday there was, Celtic go penalty missed it. Then they got the other one. We're ahead with five minutes to go. It's a game that's just no going our way. See it one 0 Why not just shut shop? Why not just do what teams do to us? And I know that it's people wouldn't accept it. But when you go back and if you get the three points, particularly what happened yesterday with Rangers and Aberdeen, then you take the three points by just being clever. If it's a day that's no going for you. And and the other thing I was going to say was, see these things are talking about dark hearts and it's about wasting time and it's about getting wee daft fouls and it's about feigning injuries like Georgia team done to Scotland a few weeks ago. The people will say you get the, the minutes added at the end of the game, so they might add 10 minutes on. But Andy Halliday will know this. The 10 minutes at the end of the game don't compensate for uh, the momentum that you've got during the football game. If people keep breaking the game up all the time, you're not getting the momentum. So I would suggest, and I'm probably wrong, the only difference between the Aberdeen game and the Motherwell game was Celtic didn't get two early goals. Yeah, and listen, that can happen, obviously. that They're big moments. Um, obviously, credit to Motherwell. We would have to say that on this show, um, no doubt about it. But um, it... <sighs> These are such different tactical challenges anyway You wonder about the relevance I'm sure if Brendan Rodgers had his way He's rather going to a Champions League game On the back of a successful um, day in the league But I don't know, is, is there relevance? Because of just how different the challenge is anyway I'm not too sure But I do think fundamentally The most important thing is Celtic need to win the game So I don't think their approach will change too much In terms of the team news Which we spoke about a little bit earlier And we always have this conversation Leaned up to the European games you never feel like David Tumble's going to play in these games because of that structured, more disciplined out of possession. For me, he should play tomorrow. I, I, I think there's be, there's almost a snobbery around David Tumble because he's not this fancy name when it comes into these European games. And I think Paolo Bernardo's had his chance. I think Holmes had his chance. I think it's now time that he gets played in this game. Like, like uh, Andrew said earlier on, he scored seven goals in the league now. He's making an impact at domestic level. Go and give him his chance in mm. Europe. Yeah, it's quite an interesting debate, that, Roger, because people are more than entitled to look at what they perceive David Turnbull's shortcomings to be and then they may well be right but I suppose there has to be that combination yeah. Bernardo has to definitely be better or, yeah, or Holm has to definitely be better there's two things that would push David Turnbull towards the start one unusually Celtic have to win away from home in Europe you know it's not like going to Feyenoord match day one take a point it's not like you know going to Madrid last time round they need to win or they're out of Europe completely so you know the other second part of it being Odin Thiago home certainly hasn't convinced. Paulo Bernardo hasn't really convinced either. And at a time when Hatati's still out the team, you know, you would say O'Reilly, McGregor and Hatati's, he preferred midfield three. But when Hatati's out, for me, this is, it's David Turnbull's time. It's David Turnbull's turn. The others haven't convinced. So what have Celtic got to lose by playing him tomorrow? How difficult is the situation on the wide areas, Andy, on the line? Because, you know, a lot's been made, even from the outset, that Jota's gone. He's hard to replace and Abada's injured, there are signs Luis Palma can can be productive, he can't play in this game either, and Dyson Maeda, who is a stick-on for these types of games because of his work rate, can't play either. Um, does that does that worry you? I think Maeda's a big loss, to be fair. Um, Yang looks as if he's impressed a wee bit in the last couple of games. Uh, this is obviously against a, a better standard. I, I have no issue with James Forrest. James, James Forrest knows the game inside out. He's, he's maybe not always got the bit of pace he's got, but he's got savvy. Um, I, I think the, the interesting one for me with, with David Tumble would be 
I think there's a possibility of what I might start and McGregor will go forward one. If McGregor plays in that sixth role, then I don't know if there's any other option apart from David Tumble. <laughs> and his, his, his goals record, Andy says he, he might know he's disciplined and fast to get back in, what I was advocating for earlier, but he certainly knows where the goal is, doesn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, you, you've given your thoughts, both of you, on Turnbull. How, how damaging is that? Predicament Brendan Rodgers has out wide And he's, James Forrest scored in Rome In the, the yeah, last that, that famous win It's funny actually Andy made the point About when Nat Phillips came on In the home game Against Atletico Madrid <laughs> I thought Celtic actually Improved markedly after that And I wondered When they went to Madrid If that might be a possibility Of playing three at the back You would think When You know Maida's not there Abada's not there Palma's not there this might be an opportunity to go to three at the back with wing backs, three in the middle of the park, and oh, up front with Kyogo. But can you see him doing that no, from the start? No, no, I can't Seems see like him doing it. To thing, be honest, you would think you know there could be that flexibility to do it, but I honestly don't see Brendan Rodgers doing it. I think he'll go with mm. Yang and Forrest. I think he'll go with a back four. The only doubt for me is who gets that third midfield slot. Yeah. For me, it should be Turnbull. And Andy, you know that's. <laughs> Injuries, your club have had a dreadful injury run It can only be offered as so much of an excuse Because ultimately it happens You've just got to deal with it But just specifically here When you get to this stage Having to go away Having to go and win in the Champions League Which isn't easy Particularly in you know Celtic's recent seasons in the Champions League And with wingers being such an important part mm-hmm. of what they do It's a, it's an awkward area to be a bit short in, isn't it? Yeah, and I think as well When you've had a, a summer of recruitment You've got a new manager in <clears> And you almost... Use the first six weeks, two months of the season to find out what your best 11 is. So, when it comes to these games that are must wins, you have your 11 you're going to go and trust. In that 11, Maeda's in there, Palma's in there, Hatati's in there, not fit. So, it's going to be a huge ask for, for Celtic tomorrow night. And again, I, I spoke of this inevitability. You almost feel like going out in this game tomorrow, Celtic are going to play well. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, are they going to win the game? Uh, thank you to Andy on the line. Um, there was a lot of Discussion earlier on in the show about shirt pulls and penalties and yeah. what a weekend. Both Celtic and Rangers dropped points. They both got penalties for shirt pulls. Both the opposition managers were very unhappy at the penalties given for the shirt pulls. Has Stuart Kettlewell got any more of a case than Barry Robson? No, I think the where he may have a case, not with the shirt pull, is the challenge by Greg Taylor on Blair Spittle. I think he mm. was looking for VAR to intervene and upgrade the yellow card to a red card I think that was his main gripe rather than the shirt pull but for me both penalties for Celtic yeah yeah well, the first same. one certainly is isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I'm the same I, I, again uh, in terms of the first one I don't think there can be even no. the biggest no, Motherwell, no, I wouldn't even Motherwell supporter it. out there that, that tries to challenge that penalty but the second one again for me it, Callum Butcher a part of a team that's defended extremely well for such a large parts of the game for me, it was just the stupidity, and then it was a deserved, uh, a deserved penalty. Liam, Ke- Liam Kelly stayed in his line. Oh, he stayed in his line, yeah, for sure. Uh, was is that a debate? Wait, is it? No, no. Would you want to get Gordon to bite? <laughs> no, I thought he would leap in there. Well, they looked at it, didn't they? Yeah, they looked at it. We've all, all seen the picture. I'm kidding you. On. But yeah, no. Um, the, the Greg Taylor instant. I, I, I'm, I'm the same with Roger. I think they're they're ones that we've seen being given recently. They almost would talk of that parameters over the ankle. For me, from the pictures, it certainly looked as if it was over the you ankle. You hate so them as well. Though. You I think, do. You think you should listen, get away with it again, all day long? I, I, I'll be honest. I'd love for them to stay as yellow cards, <laughs> but, but what would. I'm saying is, I've seen them being given as reds recently. Stuart Kettlewell cited that. Um, referees briefing last week and what we said earlier you know he, he brought it up I've just had the discussion about shirt pulls I was told not every shirt pull in the box 
there's a penalty. That's right. You know, it has to it has to stop the player getting to the ball. That would be the only one, wouldn't it? You know, is Mikey Johnson is he getting it? Is it close enough? Does it stop him? That that would be the question. It, it, it's like the Connor Goldson win, in so much as I don't know whether he's getting to it or not, but. There's a chance There's a yeah, chance he's enough. getting to it And that's put the doubt In the VAR In the referee's mm-hmm. minds I thought they were both Penalty kicks There we go uh, 01419511025 Right what have you two Got for me in this teaser We're looking for Eight players They've played for Celtic And amassed Over a hundred More than a hundred International caps Since 97 I think you'll scoosh it Give me a couple each I don't know about you Roger But I've got about 15 names okay, here But right. we'll try and eliminate Who are definite So we'll start with Robbie Keane Yes Henrik Larson Yes Keishan Young Yes You're putting me under pressure Who's going to be now? first to blink? <laughs> Juninho No Oh 100 caps for Brazil 100 yeah. caps for Brazil world, Roger Hanna world, world Cup winner That's bad from you that, yeah. that, that, that answer is not befitting of your performances um, Do you want me to tell you how many caps Juninho has got for Brazil Roger Hanna 49 Really? Terrible Freddie Yunberg's not on it either So you've both right, got well, issues oh, You just said that because he's what on the telly No uh, I thought it would be Stan Petrov Stan Petrov is there And we will get the rest of the answers next Number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're into the final parts of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna And they are trying to name eight players Who've played for Celtic since 97 And... Got more than a hundred international caps. Robbie Keane, Key Sung Young, Henrik Larsson, and Stan Petrov. Um, Nakamura. According to his Wikipedia, he's on ninety-eight. It's a sore one for you. Just slipped that I one past say, the post. I, I, I think it's too early to say the other one. On you go, Diamond. <laughs> Zengzi. Wonderful. What an answer that wow. is. Well done, Roger. Um, now we've got one we want to go for. What about Lubo? No The other one I'd written down was Emilio Izaguirre Yes I'll give you that Absolutely Emilio Izaguirre is on there Which leaves you two So we won't do them just now We'll build up some I don't think you know them anyway For what it's worth Well Um, But anyway uh, Lubos was far too complex Well he didn't get 100 caps anyway Roger Hanna He didn't get 100 caps But obviously some for Czechoslovakia Some for Slovakia But still not not up to 100 Uh, Right let's hear from The Bucky Thistle manager Things you never thought you would hear on Clyde One Super Scoreboard. But an outstanding Scottish Cup draw last night means Bucky are heading to Celtic Park, the home of the holders, the home of the team that's won it more times than any other, and Bucky Thistle. Highland League Bucky Thistle heading there. Let's hear from their manager, also known as Spider, um, but real name Graham Stewart. You know, there was a lot of other draws we could have caught that were, were different to this one. Um, so yeah, it was a bit surreal even last night when we found out, but obviously... A great time for the club. Anyone associated with the club, you know, the players, the fans, the directors. So, and anyone associated with the Highland League. So it's yeah, it's a great draw for for anyone. They had their Christmas night out in Edinburgh after the game Saturday, so they they were all out Saturday, and they might have been in for a few beers yesterday as well. Um, I'm trying to tell them um, calm down a little bit. We've got to get back to business on on Saturday against Devon Vale. But you're right, we do have a few big Celtic fans deal with Marcus Budel and Jack McKeever. There's probably a few more, so yeah, they'll they'll be really excited with this game. Another new Gary McKay Stevens was the Bucky Fissel man. <laughs> the same accent, exact is it? same. There we go. First thing I thought. That's what he's up to these days. <laughs> um, but seriously, Roger, I mean, 
without even attempting to crunch the numbers, a, ha- a half full Celtic Park splitting that money. I, I dare say it might be in telly as well. You, you're, t- you're still running into the hundreds and hundreds of thousands yeah, for Bucky Thistle, absolutely. which could keep them going for who knows how long. Well, listen, it might not just keep them going. They were very close to winning the Highland League last season and get beaten by Brecon City. Um, they will be pushing for Highland League honours again. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that this money could just push Bucky Thistle over the summit and into the SPFL um, in seasons to come. That is how life-changing this yeah. injection of cash could be for Imagine the Imagine in January just scouring the Premiership for players that are out of favour at their current club. <laughs> I'm not doing that journey, no chance. That's it, no? no chance, that's far um, too far. It's incredible. Some, some really interesting draws. Who do you feel sorry for the most? It has to be the Partick Thistle fans. They never ever want to go to Dingwall ever again. Yeah. They don't even want to think about Dingwall. And there they are, heading to the scene of that playoff heartbreak yeah. from last season. A friend, a friend of mine is a Thistle fan and said that to me today. He said it was written in the stars. He knew they were going to be sent to Dingwall and they were. If I'm feeling sorry for anyone, it's Broxburn Athletic. <laughs> I mean, 122nd minute to concede and then Celtic oh, at home's the next draw. So if I'm feeling sorry for anyone, yeah. I'll hold my sympathy yeah, for Broxburn. Um, I mean, Rangers, it's away from home, uh, you know, which you know can can cause its own difficulty, the pitch and surroundings and all that. It's not necessarily a, a lower league team you think could cause any major shocks, I'm sure. Dumbarton, with no disrespect. You wouldn't think so, but it is the beauty of the Scottish Cup. We've seen it in the past; some some crazy results happen. Uh, do I see it happening? No, but that's the reason we'll be tuning in to watch. They call it romance. Darvel Aberdeen, Brora against Hearts, as Andy Halliday's teammates know. So you know it's it's possible. And again, that's a you know I'm sure yeah. Dumbarton would be happy with that draw. Uh, unlikely, but you can say that. But a, a few of the games now, you know, think about as you said, Dumbarton Rangers, Spartan against Hearts, another. League 2 against Premiership Forfar against Hibs Clyde yeah, yeah, yeah. against Aberdeen Poor Aberdeen Having to come to the west of Scotland again uh, <laughs> So you know There are there are a few there um, Your boys got off lately Do you not Gordon Home to Arnava Right Do you know I've not got time, much time for this It certainly wasn't The first game I went to I know that But the first game I can remember going to mm-hmm. Was a cup game Between Motherwell And Alawa At Fir Park mm-hmm. And Alawa won On penalties I think Oh wow And knocked Mother So it must have been The League Cup I think So you're looking Kind of 94-ish Something It's the first game I've just got a vivid It's not that vivid You know A distant memory yeah. of um, So hopefully yeah Hopefully a bit more Of a straightforward Outcome this time um, Andy Graham Now in charge of yeah. Of Alawa as well Following Brian Rice Going to to Livy And that was a big win for him They were behind Dunbar On Saturday And they came from behind And won it off the back Of losing his first game 3-0 at Edinburgh So that was a big win for him And Well listen if you, The rule As a fan The rule is If you can't get a hilarious away day It's a Relatively More straightforward home tie That's the only two possibilities yeah. You want isn't it uh, The prize for the Palmerston Pep Knocking out Dundee United Marvin Bartley uh, a a way trip to Paisley Yeah To St Mirren Premiership team Third in the league Yeah that's a, that's a glamour trip For Queen of the South St Mirren They've not had the best record Have they in the, in, in the league cup In the early rounds They've, They got knocked out Of the group stages uh, Last year and the, and the year before So uh, But You've got to say St Mirren have been flying high This year so I think the, the Palmerston Peppers Roger Colson's Get your work cut out If we're looking for A shock And we, as we know Anything that's got teams From different divisions And it has to be a shock Mm -hmm. Right But there's not a huge gap here So you'll know the two That I'm going to say Livy v Wraith Yep Airdrie against St Johnson Mm -hmm. Hugely impressed with Wraith 
on Friday night going and winning the Derby 3-0 in Fermland. Great crowd in that as well, wasn't there? Great crowd. They play nice football. Um, they will have no fears about going to Livingston. Um, St. Johnson, Andy will tell you because he saw them in Halliday Bench Camp at the weekend. Mm. St. Johnson have pepped up a little bit. Um, I like Airdrie. Reese McCabe tries to play the football the right way. Um, I think that'll be a good try. Yeah, I, I've got to echo the two that I'm St. Johnson better early. The yeah, they were. To be fair, I was. I don't mean to be disrespectful when I say that, but uh, by memory, I Craig Levine's sides in, in Scotland was harder to beat, stuffy, direct. But no, they weren't. They, they came, made a go of it. I thought we started the game really well. I thought we were excellent in the first thirty minutes, but then I thought it was a really competitive affair after that. But uh, you've got to say, Airdrie. I think that, again another team that's capable. Of, a cup shot playing really well domestically doing okay as well but I do think Livy Rafe is that sort of standout that it could be a potential shot Right let's leave it there we're almost out of time thanks again to Sliding Wardrobe Solutions Isco Bride for helping us with the teaser Declan sent it in 8 players played for Celtic since 97 over 100 international caps Izagiri Robbie Keane Keesung Young Henrik Larsson Stan Petrov Zeng Z, two more Timo Pukki Yes What a shout that is Well done Ah, there you are. No, no, not even no. no suspense. Absolutely nailed it. Well done. That was all eight. So well done to you. We'll have another question tomorrow. Um, it's one of these awkward kickoff times. We tried. We sent Gordon DL in person um, over to UEFA to try and get the kickoff time moved, um, but they they reacted like most people do when Gordon DL turned up on their door. So you'll get what is it this first half. First half before we come on tomorrow Is that right? Quarter 5.45 So there we go You can just join us And you'll hear us shouting at the TV And you can do the same And you can call us along the way Promises to be a big night Thanks to Roger Thanks to Andy Stay right there Because Callum is up next